Greetings in the name of Yeshua. This is the second video that I spoke of earlier today. This video is comes a it's kind of um, it's uplifting. It's reassuring. And it's showing me the tenaciousness of evil in this world. But it's also showing me and I'm hoping you, how strong and powerful our Lord is. Now, I spoke in a video <clears throat> in November about what was going to happen with Trump and that what, how the Lord was working in his life and how after the shamazo that was supposedly an election was going to turn out. Now, I didn't make it a prophecy, I just made it information. But that information is being confirmed. What this video talks about is the exposing, in a comparison, scripturally, of Joe Biden, his cabal, those that are supporting him, those the ones that, in the deep state that believe they're in control of the world and our population, and from the looks of it, and the sounds of it, they might be right. But then again, from what I hear and see in this scripture and in the next in this video, I doubt it very much if they if they are. They believe they are. They believe that they can do the things and get away that they're doing. However, what I'm being shown as a preamble to what's coming is they're not. And the video that I spoke of before was from Kings. And in there, it was shown who the real true leader was, even though the false leader proclaimed himself and celebrated right up until God stepped in and said, this ain't happening. Through, through David, who appointed Solomon as his successor as king. What I also pointed out in that video was that the Lord was holding off and doing anything in Trump's life and ministry. Now understand, God pointed Trump to clean house. That job isn't done yet. But what he has to do and what the Lord is showing is that all the evil for Trump and his next administration to clear house and get America back into a God-fearing country and get all of the all the garbage and deceit and nastiness and, and evil out of the swamp. In order to do that, all the swamp creatures need to expose themselves. The only way that they will expose themselves is if they think that they have victory. Believing they have victory at this particular point, they're coming out of the woodwork. They're exposing themselves for what they are, who they are, and what wherever they are. And that's the key part, is that they, it's, it's, it's deeper than anybody ever thought. The rottenness, and I pointed out, I had an apple that I thought was good because on the outside it felt very firm, it felt crisp. It even smelled good. 
But when I cut it open, it was rotten in the core and it was moving out to the outside. This was the example that the Lord showed me of what was happening in Washington, D.C. In the government of the United States. Now, the arms of that wickedness and evil has extended itself into the state governments as well. Into some of the governorships and some of the, the attorney generals and people who are in control and governing their states and the rule of law. Now, the cabal that is in place as a result of the previous administration putting it there in order to prevent anyone from exposing them are now coming forward and exposing themselves so that the Lord, through Trump, can eliminate it. And I've always maintained the Lord does nothing immediate. He waits to the very last minute. The message that I'm about to bring forward is called A Biblical Comparison of Biden to Haman. And Haman is in the book of Hester. And where I found him to compare was chapter 3 of Esther. Now I've always maintained that the Old Testament is an example and a book of wisdom for us to draw from that the templates that are set before us in the New Testament that Jesus put out brought forward those templates are supported with the wisdom of the people who have lived through what the Lord was explaining to us was going to happen or can happen or will happen. The connection is very important for us to understand because it gives us an, a knowledge that only through prayer and discernment can we understand, excuse me, that we can understand that will abide in us and show us the way. What I have here in this video is that kind of knowledge and understanding and discernment. Now, the comparison is on a spiritual level because what was dealt with back in those days in Haman's time was on a physical level. What we're dealing with here is both physical and spiritual. Where I want to focus is on the spiritual so that you understand that what is occurring has already occurred once in history and is repeating itself, but in a different timeline and different time frame and a different mindset. So recognize we're taking from the old, bringing it forward for us to understand and recognize what's happening in the new. But it hasn't really changed. Just end result. A biblical comparison of Biden to Haman. Opening comments.
What the Holy Spirit brought forward after prayer and meditation in respect to the current events of evil workings operating in the world today were displayed by the actions in chapter 3 in the book of Esther. There, the king elevated his friend Haman to an exalted level, exotic level within his kingdom where all were to bow and reverence Haman as he was a confidant of the king and his prime minister of state. So he held a very high prestigious position. Now, I forgot to mention that this is published in Trumpeter's Call. And if you want to read it, you can go to that site through romborobert.com. That's R-O-M-B-O-U-G-H robert.com. That will take you to the site called Trumpeter's Call. There you can see there's an archive of all the different issues, video, and articles that I have produced. I'm also asking if you desire to receive these on a daily basis, subscribe to Trumpeter's Call at the bottom or somewhere within the video or at the bottom of the video, there's a <clears throat> there's a box there you can subscribe, and you subscribe directly to YouTube. And there's also an archive of all the videos that I have created there as well. Now, on the bottom of the article, there is a space on the bottom. You click on that, and you can register for the register for the articles to come to you directly on a daily basis. And their archive is there all the way from, I think it was 1911, maybe even more. No, it was 11 because I just celebrated our 10th year anniversary here on uh, WordPress. And there's almost 1,200 articles that we have produced. What I'm saying to you is that if you want to keep up and find out, because I don't tickle ears, I tell it the way it, it comes to me, and I use the scriptures to sustain that. What I'm doing is I'm not preaching. I'm bringing you information as a warning. Within that warning, the Lord showed me to give you some sustenance in order for you to recognize how to make that warning effective for you and how maybe there's a situation that you're in, how to come out of it. We find in our present position the cabal known as the deep state who are seeking absolute control over the USA have falsely anointed Joe Biden as their representative leader in the position of president-elect, who, like Haman, is demanding the nation bow and reverence him as the leader. However, like Mordecai, who would not bow or give reverence to Haman, we find the current president in Donald Trump not giving any credence to the cabal's plan. It's not that he won't, he's not, it's not that he's not just accepting Joe Biden, but he's also exposing the wickedness and evil that put Biden where he is. Our research shows Haman was not a man of honor or justice, of any true courage, or all um, steady conduct, but proud and passionate and revengeful, yet was promoted and caressed by the king. When we com 
compare the characteristics of Mr. Biden, we recognize a mirror image of Haman's characteristics. Not a man of honor or justice, of any true courage or steady conduct, but proud and passionate and revengeful, yet was promoted and caressed. That's what we see happening. He was promoted by the cabal, the deep state, and is being caressed by the press, by the media. That he's a great person. That he's going to bring the world to glory. The United States is going to be well served in his administration. As he gathers a ton of evil around him. Mordecai, adhering to his principles with a bold and daring resolution and therefore refusing to reverence Haman as the rest of the king's servants did, Esther 3.2, he was urged to it by his friends who reminded him of the king's commandment and consequently of the danger he incurred if he refused to comply with it. It was as much his life was worth, especially considering Haman's insolence, Esther 3.3. And we hear this being echoed today in the statements against the current president, wanting him whatever. I mean, it's just, it, it's horrendous what's happening. They spoke daily to him to persuade him to conform, but all in vain. He hearkened not to them, but told them plainly that he was a Jew and could not in conscience do it. And I've heard Trump say he's not going to. He's not going to concede. He's not going to give in to this cabal. That what he's doing is in the name and protection of the people of the United States of America. He's doing what he committed and signed an oath with with the Lord, through the Lord, that he made an oath in front of the world and in front of his, his, world, his country's population that he was going to work for them. He was going to do what he could for them to prosper. And over the four years through whatever efforts he had to put out, which were plenty, he kept his promise. And he wants to continue that. However, what he wants to continue it's not just making the United States a better place to live, but he wants to bring God back into the United States. He wants it to prosper and be a symbol and a sign for the rest of the world to recognize that it's standing against evil. That God has brought him in to do a job. Now, he may not be the most reverent person, but then God uses what he can and what he has, and what he has to, in order to bring order, restore order in his church, in his assembly, along with the believers. So what he's doing is that he's using a rough edge and making it into a smooth double-edged sword in order for it to cut through all of the garbage, all the courts, all of the sin and evil and wickedness that is prevailing in the United States, in the Senate and in the, in the, in the House, House of Representatives. Not only that, but also the depth of the swamp is deep 
that goes with bureaucrats and the people who are in support of these governors within the states, their people, their sources, not all of them, but understand that wickedness has, it's like a, a huge octopus with multiple arms that has reached out and it's there and it needs to be cleaned up. The Lord has proclaimed that he's going to do it. Doubtless his refusal when it came to be taken notice of and made the subject of discourse was commonly attributed to pride and envy that he would not pay respect to Haman because on the score of his alliance to Esther, he was not himself as much promoted or to a fatitious, seditious spirit and a disaffection to the king and his government. Those that would make the best of it looked upon it as his weakness or his want of breeding, called it a humor and a piece of affected singularity. And I hear all of these people who are turning against Trump doing exactly what they were doing to Haman. So come. You're defeated. Give up. You have no hope. The courts are against you. The people, the people are against you. And what I see and hear is the 70-some million that voted for him is now growing, and I think it's around 80 million or more who are supporting him because they're recognizing he's standing for truth and he's standing for them. As well, they're seeing the wickedness that's coming out of the people that God is exposing before he makes his move. It does not appear that anyone scrupled at conforming to it except Mordecai, and yet his refusal was pious, conscientious, and pleasing to God. For the religion of a Jew forbade him, one, to give such extravagant honors as were required to any mortal man, especially so wicked a man as Haman was. Two, I believe when we compare the stand POTUS is taking currently, the following explanation of Mordecai's stand would be that of President Trump's towards that of the USA today. It's the same thing. He's taken an oath and he said to God, I will do this and this is what I intend to do. And he is not bowing his knee to Satan. Get behind me, Satan, he's saying. Mordecai is brought in, thus appealing to God in this matter. Thou know, Lord, that it was neither in contempt nor pride, nor for any desire of glory, that I did not bow down to proud Haman, for I could have been content with goodwill for the salvation of Israel to kiss the soles of his feet, but I did this that I might not prefer the glory of man above the glory of God. Neither will I worship any but thee. Amen. He recognizes God as the only God, and he's not going to bow his knee to any man. I see Donald Trump doing exactly the same thing. He's not going to give in. He recognizes that his heart has been changed, that God is with him and has appointed him, and that he has a job to do, and that God is going to open the door for him to do that job. So he's not going to give in. He's not going to give up. Nor should we who support him 
nor should we who follow and believe in God. <clears throat> Two, he especially thought it a piece of injustice to his nation to give sub such honor to an Amalekite, those who hate the Jews, and they hated them severely. One of that devoted nation with which God had sworn that he would have perpetual war. Exodus 17:16, and concerning which he had given that solemn charge, Deuteronomy 25:17, remember what Amalek did. Read the book. It'll tell you. Though religion does no does by no means destroy good manners, but teaches us to render honor to whom honor is due. Yet it is the character of a citizen of Zion that not only in his heart but in his eyes such a vile person as Haman would be scorned. Psalms 15.4 Let those who are governed by principles of conscience be steady and resolute, however consumed or threatened as Mordecai was. And you will be if you stand as Mordecai and the United States President POTUS is doing. When we further analyze the situation, we can find the contempt of the former governing body, President Obama's administration, attempting to destroy the current presidency as Haman desired to do to the Jews in his realm of power. He was going to destroy all the Jews. And we see that Haman, meditating revenge, some that hoped thereby to curry favor with Haman, took notice to him of Mordecai's rudeness, waiting to see whether he would bend or break Esther. 3.4. Haman then observed it himself and was full of wrath. Esther 3.5. A meek and humble man would have slighted the affront and have said, let him have his humor. What am I? The worse of, or the worse for. But it makes Haman proud, but it makes Haman's proud spirit rage and fret and boil within him, so that he becomes uneasy to himself and all about him. It is soon resolved that Mordecai must die, the head must come off that, come off that will not bow to Haman, if he cannot have his honors he will have his blood. So this is the difference of what I'm talking about. In Haman's time, he was going to kill. In Biden's time, he's doing exactly the same thing, only he's not desiring to kill, but he wants to ruin. He wants to discredit. He wants to make, wipe out all of the, all of the good that was done over the four years of Trump's administration. He wants to wipe it out. And it's not just him. It's the cabal that put him in power, or is trying to. Haman values himself upon that bold and daring thought, which he fancied well because of his great spirit of destroying all the Jews and under undertaking a worthy of its author, and which he promised himself would perpetuate his memory. He doubts not but to find desperate and bloody hands enough to cut off their throats, to cut all their throats if the king will, but give him, excuse me, but give him leave. 
How he obtained leave and commission to do it, we are here told. He had the king's ear, let him alone, to manage him. He makes a false and malicious representation of Jews and their character to the king, Esther 3.8. The enemies of God's people could not give them such bad treatment as they do if they did not first give them a bad name. I hear Biden and his cabal doing exactly the same thing. The media is filled with a bunch of false, fake, and malicious news about Trump and his administration and those who are following it. And those that are promising because they're not in control yet, but once they control, they're promising wild things to come about. He would have the king believe that the Jews were a despicable people and that it was not for his credit to harbor them. A certain people there is without a name, as if nobody knew whence they came and what they were. They are not incorporated, but scattered abroad and dispersed in all the provinces as fugitives and vagabonds on the earth and inmates in all countries, the burden and scandal of the places where they live. I hear the same thing. Biden and his group are doing exactly what, what Haman was talking about, lied to the king. What Biden is trying to do, he's lying to the masses of the people who he thinks are following him, or he's believing that they are. However, we witnessed there isn't as many as, we, as, the, as he thought, and whatever discourse came as a result of him being in the position that he's in, it's going to be exposed. Here we see the similarity of what the cabal and Joe Biden and his cohorts are committing against the current administration. They have closed most forms of public communication, have the mainstream media publishing fake news about the leaders and those following them. They have orchestrated deadly riots and demonstrations falsely accusing the president of orchestrating and inciting a malicious attack on the House and Senate. The current cabal is using similar false premises and attempting to hold a trial to usurp the president's power from him. This is what Haman wanted to do to Mordecai, who was in control of the nation of the Jews. He was a princely man, you know. He wasn't just anybody. He was a princely man. One, that the God that has undertaken the preservation of the church is a God of almighty power, who upholds all things by his almighty word. Our help, stands in his name, who made heaven and earth, and therefore can do anything. Two, that God would not take all this care of the world, but that he designs to have some glory to himself out of it, and how shall he have it, but by securing to himself a church in it, a people that shall be to him for a name and praise. Three, that if the order of the creation therefore continues firm, because it was well fixed at first <clears throat> and is not altered because it needs no alter alteration. The method of grace shall for the same reason continue invariable as it was at first well settled. Four, that he who has promised to preserve a church for himself has approved himself faithful to the word, which he has spoken concerning the stability of the world. 
He that is true to his covenant with Noah and his sons, because he established it for an everlasting covenant, Genesis 9, 9, 16, 9, 9, <clears throat> chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 9 and verse 16, will not, we may be sure, he will not be false to his covenant with Abraham and his seed. His spiritual seed, for that also is an everlasting covenant, even that which they have done amiss, though they have done much, shall not prevail to defeat the, the gracious intentions of the covenant. See Psalms 89.30 The day will come when all the mountains shall depart, and all the hills are removed, not only the tops of them covered, as they were by the waters of Noah, but the roots of them torn up for the earth, and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. But then the covenant of peace between God and believers shall continue in the everlasting bliss of all those who are the children of that covenant. Mountains and hills, now this is an important point, mountains and hills signify great men, men of bulk and figure. I remember a number of videos back, I had said to people, if we have faith of the size of a mustard seed, we can move a mountain. Well, I need to describe to you that mountains can be of many different figures. Here's an example. Great men, men of bulk and figure, are the mountains and hills that are being talked about in this. They will be removed. That is the cabal that we're talking about, who make up that mount, those mountains and hills. They shall depart and be removed. Creature confidences shall fail, fail us. In vain is salvation hoped for from those hills and mountains. But the affirmament is firm and answers to its name when those who seem to prop it are gone. When our friends fail us, our God does not nor does his kindness depart. Do these mountains thereon threaten? Do these mountains threaten and seem to top the skies and bid defiance to them? As Pelion and Asas, Asa, do the kings of the earth and the rulers set themselves against the Lord? They shall depart and be removed. Great mountains that stand in the way of, of the salvation of the church shall be made plain, Zechariah 4.7. But God's kindness shall never depart from his people. For whom he loves, he loves to the end, nor shall the covenant of his peace ever be removed. For he is the Lord that has mercy on his people. <clears throat> Therefore, the covenant is immovable and invaluable, because it is built not on our merit, which is a mutable, so uncertain thing, but on God's mercy, which is from everlasting to everlasting. Understand, this is the foundation of what verse 91, Psalm 91, verse 1 and 9 to 16 are based on. God makes a promise, he's going to keep it. He made four or five promises in that Psalm, Psalm 91. And he's going to keep up. Closing prayer. 
Father, as you have us in your presence and hold us in your hands, we ask for your gentleness to be upon us that we may know how it feels and are able to share it. Receive our devotion and submission to your will as dedicated servants, humbly bowing before your throne. Shape and mold us into the disciples you desire, Father. Fill us with your wisdom that we might hold no fear or doubt as we go forward sharing your light. Living water, love, compassion, and healings as your modern-day disciples. This we pray in your name, Yeshua. Amen and amen. Remember these articles are from a humble, obedient, watchman, servant, doing Yeshua's bidding as he reveals his warnings. I pray our Lord Yeshua blesses each and every one along with your families. Go in peace. Some scripture, Genesis 12, 3. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Robert. You know, as I'm going through all of these messages that the Lord is bringing forward, the one thing that stands out the most to me is, actually there's two, or maybe even more, but two that I, I recognize that are very, very important to me, and I'm praying that they will be to you as well. First is his love, God's love for me. Think of the billions of people that live in this world that are alive. Yet he has time and takes that time to spend with one soul, me. And I, I'm not saying that as, as uh, that I'm any more special than anybody else because he does exactly the same thing to you. Think about that. That's why I'm pointing this out. There's importance to it. Because there is not one of us that he doesn't know and won't spend time with. He has promised us that he will keep us, provide for us, protect us, strengthen us, honor us if we honor him and bring us through all of whatever the enemy places before us, excuse me, places before us. Recognize that the Lord, if we stop and just take one moment to pray with him, pray for him or pray to him. And if we have a despair or an malady or whatever it is that's in our lives, that we bring it forward and place it before his throne. And in humility, sincerity, humility, we ask for his assistance. The promise is that he will do that. He will look after us. Now, is it in the way that we would consider it or think that it's going to happen? No. It's within his will. And so many of us, when we're praying, we forget to say that. If it is your will, Father, if it is your will, bring it before him in humility, deep, sincere, repentant humility. 
I know that it's so easy to become, I guess, prideful or complacent or believing that we're special. We are one amongst billions. Bad enough. Get that in your head. One amongst billions. We are a drop in the ocean. Yet, the Lord knows what that drop is doing and where it's going and how it's going to get there. To me, that's a precious, precious thought. The other, the second thing, is his compassion. I can be the brat of all brats. And yet he has his love and compassion for me and will wait for me to present it to him and ask him for forgiveness. Who in our lives has that kind of patience, has that kind of grace, but God, God alone. You know, we're human, we're not perfect. I don't care if we have salvation or not. Understand, we're going to make mistakes. And some of those mistakes are sins, and we need to recognize them as such and place them before the Lord to cleanse us of them. Because understand, we cannot bring them before when we go, when we pass, those sins have to be rectified. They have to be cleaned off of our slate so that when we're sitting on the judgment seat, yeah, they'll come up. But there will be a stamp of, Father, they were cleared. There was repentance. There was a change. And they were sincere about that change. And they grew in their, they grew in their relationship with your son. They made an effort to connect with you even deeper than what just a connection is. They made an effort to understand who you are and what you are, what what blessings that you bestow upon them. You're the mysterious figure in everybody's minds. We all understand or try to understand and recognize Yeshua for who he is. Some of us fall short in recognizing who the Father is, the reverence of the Father who is absolutely in control of everything. And we need to come to that, and we need to revere that. We need to understand that in that reverence of it, we're building a relationship further beyond his son, further beyond what he's asking for. We're doing it voluntarily, wantingly. I'm encouraging you. Get to know the Lord. Get to know God even deeper. Study his actions. It's all spoken of in the scriptures. The Old Testament talks about God. The New Testament talks about his son and the work that his son is doing through his father. But get to know the father of who he is and what he is and what he's doing for you that he knows you're a drop in the ocean, but he knows everything about you. Fathom that. 
recognize what was just said to you. That he is going to keep his promises. And that whatever evil is in this world working against us, we will be protected from it. How he's going to do it, he has not exposed. But he said he would, and he will. That I believe in deep faith and trust that he will keep all of his promises. The covenant that he's made with us as Gentiles, as adopted children in the family, is no less than the one he made with those that were born in the Jewish nation. We are all one and the same. Father, thank you for all that you have brought this video, this day. I thank you for the very life that I hold, the breath that I breathe, the moments that are precious to me through you. I pray this in your name, Yeshua. Amen and amen. There is one thing I want to bring up. Today is January 17th. My wife was born on this day in 1949. She is celebrating her second year in her seventh decade. I wish her a happy birthday, and I pray that you'll all have a wonderful, blessed day. In the name of Yeshua.